I'm Lauren, and I'm a veterinarian. I'm JJ, and I'm a veterinary technician. And you're listening to IntroVets, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high-functioning anxiety. Welcome, everybody, to IntroVets Podcast. Greetings. Today, we have another case for you, but it's another mental health case and not an animal medicine case. That's fine. Those are very interesting as well. I know, right? <laughs> so today I'm going to read the case again, and I'm going to tell you about Elon. Elon is a veterinary technician specialist working in a small animal referral hospital. And Elon is used to putting in tons of long hours with not many breaks. I mean, the, the typical thing you would expect from working in a referral environment. Mm-hmm. Now, one important thing to know about Alon is that he views this ability to handle these crazy demands of work as a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Now, Alon is just about to turn 35 years old, and he gets a diagnosis of diabetes from his doctor. E. So his doctor recommends new medication and lifestyle changes. But this is making Alon pretty frustrated. So he's like... You know, what the heck am I supposed to do? I've got all of these responsibilities at work. What, you know, where the hell am I going to find the time to eat these like multiple small meals, check the blood sugar regularly, you know, and things like that? Like it's just not, it's just not realistic. Mm-hmm. So Elon struggles and he's having trouble doing what the doctor recommends and he does not want to adjust his work schedule. So As a result of taking his medication, but not having time or not making time to eat regularly during the day and check his blood sugar, he starts suffering from episodes of hypoglycemia because he's delaying mealtimes, which um, if you're on if you're on medication for diabetes, you you have to really be on a pretty set schedule. You can't just go willy nilly or you will get a a pretty bad low blood sugar. Mm -hmm. So he's got all of this. External stress. And we talked about in the very first episode of the season how external stressors play into the development of compassion fatigue. So he starts to get symptoms of compassion fatigue in addition to the medical symptoms that he's having. He becomes really irritable at work. He starts having trouble moving on from really emotionally challenging cases that are just part of veterinary medicine. There's no way to take those away. And despite his medical training, the first thing that he thinks of is, I'm just going to chuck these doctor's recommendations in the garbage, right? Like, fuck this. I'm not (laughs) doing this anymore. Like, what this guy wants me to do is unreasonable. I want to, like, stop taking my medicine and just ignore this. Because, you know, you get that feeling of, like, constantly being under pressure that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. So this, for Elon, this this extra responsibility of having to care for himself during the workday was like his tipping point. Mm-hmm. The good news, though, is that instead of chucking the doctor's recommendations in the trash can, Elon decided to seek therapy. Good job, Elon. I know, right? So, <laughs> so he sought help instead of doing self-defeating behaviors, right? <laughs> we're not going to mm-hmm. call them we're not going to call them negative or damaging or <laughs> we're going to call them <laughs> self-defeating because that's what they are, right? 
Mm -hmm. Ignoring the fact you have diabetes is not going to in any way improve your quality of life long term, right? So that's a self-defeating behavior. Yeah, medical staff tend to make the worst patients. They do. They absolutely do. So with the help of his therapist, Elon sort of identified that, you know, it's not really the doctor's recommendations that I'm struggling with here. It he feels like he's a weakness. Exactly. He He's like, instead of this being an unreasonable request for my doctor, the actual thing is I don't want to have to ask work for the accommodations that I need. And as they started to dig into the why behind that, Elon's values started to come up. So Elon says, you know, you work hard, right? You're dedicated at work. Like you keep your nose to the grindstone here. You, you know, if something comes in and it's sick, you sacrifice yourself to help it, right? And I think mm-hmm. that is um, that is a really common ethic that I have run into in veterinary medicine for sure. And one that I internalized for a very long time and am still, I'm still struggling with this. Mm-hmm. The whole martyr thing. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He realized, you know, that he really feared asking for these accommodations because deep down he was worried that he was going to be labeled as lazy. So luckily he was able to work out with his counselor what was bugging him and they were able to discuss how to set healthy boundaries in the workplace and how to kind of, you know, work up the courage to request these things and also know that, you know, if work wasn't willing to work with him, that's just feedback that he needs a different job, right? Like if your workplace (laughs) won't allow you to not become hypoglycemic during the day, then you just need a better job, right? Yeah, that's the problem. You just need a better one. Okay, so anyway, Elon was able to kind of work up the courage to talk to management. And the good news is that he was able to negotiate breaks during the day. So two kind of extended breaks and then a full one-hour lunch. And after making those changes, it gave him plenty of time to eat his small meals, to check his blood sugar, and to make changes that he needed to throughout the day. His symptoms improved. No more hypoglycemic episodes blood sugar control was really good. And with that, the extra stress he was feeling lifted and he stopped experiencing signs of compassion fatigue as well. Good. So one of the things that I think is so important about Elon's case is the idea of mental flexibility and this kind of acknowledgement that we need to have when we are combating compassion fatigue symptoms or really any stresses in life. We kind of need to get over the hump of fearing change. We have to incorporate some mental flexibility and really embrace changes that we need to make. Mm. And that can be really scary. Mm -hmm. When I'm thinking about veterinarians as a whole and veterinary clinics as a whole, I'm going to say change is probably up there on the top of the list of things that people hate the most. (laughs) I'm just trying (laughs) to imagine like, In the past, when I've had to just do something simple, like, let's implement, um, I don't know, we're going to change the way that we're checking patients in for boarding or something like that. I uploaded a new check-in sheet. You know, people get mad about that type of stuff, and that's just a mild change. Girl, don't I know it. (laughs) So when you're talking about, like, really fundamentally huge changes that Elon made, not just to his lifestyle, but he had to work on like 
his internalized the the messages that he had internalized over his lifespan. That's hard mm-hmm. work right there. Yep. So I wanted to spend this episode talking about the importance of making those types of changes. JJ, how do you view change overall like like in your life? Is change something that you're like, hell yeah, let's do this? Or have you traditionally been like, I don't like this, please go away? Um, in my past, I was very much not super excited about change. Yeah. Mainly because I, you know, it gets me out of my comfort zone. As I've gotten older, I've learned there's some change. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I'm on working on a case and running anesthesia and the doctor, like, you know, say I came up with the the usual anesthesia plan for a patient and then the doctor comes in and said, you know what? I think I want to use this other type of anesthesia protocol that I'd like I'm not familiar with. Mm-hmm. I would not I would I would be very much like, oh, God, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I get it. This is going to be what's best for the patient, but I don't. I'm not as uh, up to date on all the different things to look for. And I don't remember maybe what all the different, you know, what does this particular anesthetic drug do? Like, does it depress the respiratory system more or does it depress the cardiovascular system more? Um, That sort of thing. So I would probably be like, (laughs) please don't do that to me. But other things I've learned to kind of like try to be optimistic about it because if I concentrate on the negative things, it's just going to turn me into a giant ball of anxiety. So I try to like, okay, here's all the the good things that could happen and cross my fingers that that's going to be, I mean, there's going to be negative things that happen too, because you have to work out the kinks whenever you make a change. But Mm -hmm. that's kind of been my outlook is cautiously optimistic Unless it's something that sprung on me and I don't have time to think about it. (laughs) And then I kind of freak out a little bit. Well, I love it. Cautiously optimistic. That is a great, I mean, that's a great approach to to any sort of change. (laughs) For real. So so one of the things that is important to consider when we're talking about the idea of embracing change is how you rationalize things in your life. And in general, you, you're either a divergent thinker or a convergent thinker. Convergent thinking involves sort of using the tried and true methods, using things that we know like these are pillars that are always correct. And we use that to kind of funnel down to the one single right answer. Divergent thinking would involve an understanding that, there, hey, there are multiple pathways. There's not one right answer. So let's look at all of the different pathways and come up with an array of things that we could consider and move away from the idea of there being just one right answer. <laughs> I know. So uh, perfectionist <laughs> right? perfectionist in me is twitching. <laughs> I know, right? I know. This is this is uh something to sh- that the perfectionists I would imagine universally struggle with. I know I do. When I started learning about these concepts in the the clinical mental health counseling program, I was like, oh, shit. I definitely <laughs> have spent the, the majority of my life being a convergent thinker. Like, there is one right answer. All I have to do is collect the most information possible about a situation, and that will allow me to determine the single best option for moving forward. And that is how I ran my life. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, being the type of student you were and going through vet school, that definitely was going to reinforce that. It did. Absolutely, right? Being a veterinarian, like the process of getting through undergraduate school, of getting through, well, really, I mean, you start preparing to be a veterinarian in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, because you have to mark all these things, make the resume, do 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 get the grit, you know, all of that stuff. So, like... That really actually selects for people who are convergent thinkers. Mm-hmm. And in a way, achieving a medical diagnosis is a type of convergent thinking because you start with, here are the pillars of things that are correct, and now we're going to eliminate possibilities down to the one right answer. Like, in a way, that's convergent thinking. So that's how we're trained, okay? Mm-hmm. When you start to talk about divergent thinking, you get a little uncomfortable because you're like, what do you mean there's yeah. more than and unfortunately right like <laughs> i mean unfortunately like that's how being in the real world practicing can be though mm-hmm. yeah. especially in vet med world because i mean you don't have a patient that's going to tell you what they're feeling or um what's going on so sometimes you have to think outside the box well and and also sometimes you have an owner who maybe understands there might be one ideal way but they don't have the money or the time or the resources or whatever it is to do the thing so mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Sometimes we got to get pretty damn creative up in here because it's like, mm-hmm. well, flying to Tibet and getting this one secret herb might be a cure, but 0% <laughs> of the population, except people who live in Tibet, can do that. So, uh, you know, we're going to come up with other options, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is an exercise that I thought would be really helpful to go through on the podcast. The exercise is an exercise in brainstorming. This helps us work on our divergent thinking skills, okay? Now, in Alon's case, I I wasn't in the therapy session with Alon, okay? I just want to make that plain. Alon is not my client. I was not privy to therapy with Alon, okay? I'm imagining that Alon and his therapist worked through this brainstorming technique or a similar one to come up with options. So what that probably looked like in Alon's case is let's write down all of the ways that we could figure out to potentially help you with managing your disease process, okay? And and that might include, like, maybe we change the hours that we work. Maybe we work less hours. Maybe we work the same hours, but we shift our schedule. Maybe we ask for breaks, which is what he ended up doing, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you do ask your doctor. Like, you go to your doctor and say, man, I'm really having trouble with this. Is there anything else we can do? Maybe we figure out a way to build snacks into the day. Maybe you figure out something that's room temperature stable you can keep in your pocket mm-hmm. if you don't have access to a fridge. I mean, like, so there's a million things you could think of, right? Mm-hmm. So generally, we start by writing all of those myriad of possibilities down and then start eliminating ones that don't really make sense. And then we come to like a for now conclusion about what we're going to do. And it's a really interesting process and there's some rules to it. So what I thought we would do is work through an actual brainstorming situation with JJ. to be the guinea pig. JJ is the guinea pig. Now. We're going to do an exercise on exercise. Exactly. (laughs) So now we did parts of this ahead of time because thinking of ways to solve a problem in real time takes a lot of time. (laughs) And that does not (laughs) lend itself to like podcasts. There would be like minutes of silence and then you come up with a thing we we didn't want to put y'all through that so ahead of time jj and i discussed a topic 
And JJ settled on, JJ, what did you settle on? Uh, coming up with uh, different forms of maybe not even so much exercise, but activities that can kind of promote, as you call it, joyful movement. Joyful movement. So JJ said, uh, I have a goal of increasing my uh, activity level. And so we, we, we set forth the following rules. Okay, these are the rules of brainstorming. The first is to suspend judgment. That means that as you're writing down things, you are just going to fucking write them down. You're not going to be like, well, that wouldn't work on Wednesdays. Well, I can only work for two months and then we got to come up with a new plan. Well, that wouldn't work long term. That wouldn't blah, blah, blah. No, you just literally it comes into your mind. You write it down. You do not evaluate it at that time because that's not the brainstorming part. The second rule is that quantity breeds quality. Okay, so instead of evaluating things as they come to you and writing down only the best ones, I want you to write down every damn thing you can think of. Okay, we're looking to get at least 10 during a brainstorming session, but that's the minimum. There is an unlimited maximum amount. Okay, you just write and write and write and write and write. Not caring what it is that you're writing, you're just 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 write it the fuck down. Doesn't matter. Okay. The third rule of brainstorming is that we're gonna use this time to piggyback ideas. Okay, so that means that say we get an idea, say and I have not looked at JJ's list. So say one of JJ's items was walking in the park. A piggyback would be walking on a treadmill, walking at the gym walking around a high school football track walk, you know, like uh, where you're just like, this is kind of, these are kind of elements of the same thing, but I'm just going to, while they're in my mind, list all the things, just keep writing them. Mm -hmm. And then the last and probably most important is that off the wall possibilities need to be considered. So that goes back up to the top of suspending judgment. Okay. You know, (laughs) JJ, (laughs) Uh, so I don't know, again, what she has listed, but an off-the-wall solution, I'm just going to say, like, you know, moonwalking backwards to the mailbox, okay? Sure, <laughs> right? That's kind of weird, but technically it fits the bill, so we're not going to judge it. We're just going to write it the fuck down, okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, JJ and I are going to go through the exercise, and then we're going to go through the second part. So, JJ, mm-hmm. you have prepared a list of... Of your brainstorming items, yes? I have indeed. How many did you get? I got 10. You got 10. Okay. Minimum Mm -hmm. champion. That's fine. Okay. I mean, there was a couple of others, but I kind of, what I ended up doing Mm -hmm. is like picking the ones that, I mean, I'm just probably against the rules, but I did pick the ones that I like the best. It does sound like that's against the rules already. (laughs) Uh Do you have the full list? I do. Well... I thought I might tend to remember some okay. of the other things that I was like, ooh. Okay, well, I don't know about that. when we're going, let's go through the list, and I want you to name. Yeah, and some of these things I'm like, <laughs> eh, eh, anyway, but. Okay, all yeah. right, well, okay. So JJ is going to list her brainstormed ways of increasing her general activity level. Go, JJ. Okay, so some of these are pretty vanilla, like the, um, I've got yoga down. Because it's something that I had started to try a little bit before when I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I was just in the very beginning stages of it when I got uh, the offer to come back into work. So I didn't get very far, but I did like what I had done so far. So okay. that's one. One. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hiking is one that uh, if the, the, the 
if all the the elements are come together just right, yeah. I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I would enjoy if it's super hot. Okay. Uh, but being in a um, the woods somewhere, it tends to be a little cooler anyway. Okay. Uh, something I really loved as a kid doing a lot because we went camping a lot when I was younger. And I mean, I would go and get lost in the woods for hours and then finally figure out how to get home and uh, home uh, to, back to our camper. But it's something that I would have to work up to because I'm not I'm I'm not in the condition to do that quite yet. Hey, JJ. Yes. Can I just time out real quick? Yes. Will you just read the list? Without oh, yes, evaluating them. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, walking. Beautiful. Playing a musical instrument. Apparently that helps with breathing. Sure. Okay. Playing with the pets. Yeah. This kind of goes with walking. It kind of maybe so goes you, along with the piggyback. So you piggybacked it. Yeah. Let's go. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. I love it. Uh-huh. Um, geocaching. Okay. I don't know what that is, but we're going to come back to it because we're not going to evaluate right now, but we're going to come back to it. So next one on the list. Okay. Sweating to the oldies. Oh, Richard Simmons. Okay. Yes. Axe throwing. Okay. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Catch and kick. Okay. Again, I have questions, but we're not going to evaluate right now. So. I think that's everybody. Catch and kick. Okay. So we have our list. The next part of the exercise, and this is not necessarily like the official thing, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. But what I have found to be helpful is to actually put the list down for a little while and for a little while, and then come back to it even a different day, right? Because you might mm-hmm. be in a different mood another time, but you don't have to do that part. We have done that part for this exercise. So now we're going to go through the list, and we are going to mark out any ones that were just like. I'm not going to fucking do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then we're going to have our list remaining of things that we can try. So, JJ, as you're going mm-hmm. through the list, are there any that you're like, fuck, I, I know I put that on the list, but I just don't want to do. And, and it's fine for you to say why. Or you don't have to say why. Either way. I think the first thing that I would take off would be hiking. Okay. Not because I necessarily don't want to do it. I'm just not at the level of doing it yet. Okay. So you feel like uh, we're going to take hiking off the list because you're worried that the stamina might not be there yet? Correct. Okay. In realizing that you never want to scribble the whole thing out, we're just going to put a single line through it because you might use this list later to come back to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pick another one to mark off. Uh, if, are there any other ones that jump out at you that are like, mm, I probably won't start here? Um, I kind of feel like walking and Pokemon Go are kind of one in the same a little bit. Okay. Well, that's fine. So maybe combine them into one instead of no, we marking. No, we want to keep them separate, or, remember? Quantity okay. breeds quality. Yes. Okay. But both of them are acceptable to you. Anything else on the list that you're just like, mm, I really actually don't want to do that? Not really. Okay. The rest of everything else I, w- I would be totally interested that's in. That's awesome. Okay. Well, um, I have so many questions about some of the things that I didn't know, but let's get through the last part of the exercise, <laughs> and then we're going to come back to what the fuck are some of these things. A window into the mind of JJ. That's right. So so really, then, you have a list of, uh, like, a long list of things that you're like, look at all of the ways that I can increase my activity level. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the next thing that you would do is not pick all of them, but pick one or two things to do sometime in the next week. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean do them every day. That only means do them one time. 
Okay. So just go ahead and pick two things in the next week that we're going to commit to doing. Well, one I totally have to do anyway, uh-huh. and that's playing with a pet because the little monster is growing and getting more active. <laughs> okay. So. so playing with a pet kind of completes itself? Yes. Okay. He's very good at chasing the ball, but he doesn't bring it back. So that's me going after the ball. I think probably walking. Okay. Perfect. And that and that can be walking of any type. You could be playing Pokemon Go when you do it. You could have your dog with you and it count as exercise. You could uh, even go for that mild level hike. <laughs> you know, mild level. <laughs> There's lots of ways that you can hike. Okay. I will walk to that tree that I can see. That's exactly <laughs> right. It doesn't hiking doesn't have to involve like flipping mountain climbing or something. It can be very <laughs> just light and easy. So mm-hmm. however you want. Okay. So Then you would just say, like, I'm going to formulate a goal right now. And my goal is going to be that I'm going to get activity with my pet and also go for a walk. And I'm going to do one or the other of these things X number of times in the next week. And that brings us around to something called SMART goals. So how we, we, we take our brainstorming information, whittle it down to what we want to start with, And then we're going to formulate a goal for how to achieve it. So when we're talking about SMART goals, SMART is an acronym. S-M-A-R-T stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Timed. Now, there are actually a lot of definitions of SMART goals. There's actually some level of controversy about who first coined this term, okay? And sometimes the acronym is a little bit different. So, for example, the A in SMART is sometimes attainable instead of achievable, and sometimes it's assignable instead of achievable. That would be more for, like, if you were going to delegate the task. And then over time, some people have added additional things to the acronym. Like, you might hear of SMART-er goals, where they've added the E and the R. The E and the R stand for potentially a lot of things, though, so... Uh, evaluated and reviewed, exciting and recorded, ethical and resourced. Okay, so a lot of things. And then there's even one called iSmart, where the, you know, the I-smart and I stands for the desired impact of your goal, right? So, Mm -hmm. uh, So there's lots of different ways. Lots of different people have written about this. There's some controversy about who came up with it. But anyway, it's still a very useful thing to consider. So, JJ, as we're talking about our two things that we've selected, we've already gotten them pretty specific, right? We said play with the animal and we're going to walk. Mm -hmm. Now we need to make it measurable, realistic, and timed. So we need to come up with how many days a week you're going to engage in one of those activities. And we got to remember the realistic part. So saying every day of the week is not realistic. (laughs) Yeah. So what I was just thinking about, because, I mean, playing with the animal, Mm -hmm. that pretty much happens every day. I mean, there's certain days that I put more into it, I think, Mm -hmm. just because he's more banana pants and needs to get some energy out. Mm -hmm. But And I have a feeling that's just going to continue to increase as he gets older. (laughs) Then I think (laughs) we'd have to focus on at what level do we consider it like joyful movement for exercise and aerobic capacity versus something Mm -hmm. that... Uh, we kind of are doing anyway. I mean, what do you think? I think maybe two days a week th- in the beginning. Yeah. I can do the whole 
throw the ball down the hallway, go and get the ball because he won't. And then, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that sounds that sort good. Of thing. Okay. So we're going to say two days a week. And what time limit feels right to you? Um, we're not probably, actually, I'm going to rephrase that. What minimum time requirement feels right to you? I think 10 minutes is totally minutes. doable. Okay. That means if you go past 10 minutes, that's completely fine. Mm-hmm. You you have to do the 10 minutes, though. You can even set a timer. Once it goes off, you can decide whether you just want to stop or whether you want to continue. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. Well, I think that those parameters are realistic. So we have a specific thing. It's measurable. We either check it off the list or we don't. It's highly achievable, I feel like. It's Mm -hmm. realistic and it's timed because we're going to say within the next week, you're going to do it twice. And that's a perfect example of how you would set a SMART goal and use your brainstorming activity to build either purpose into your life or uh, fulfill a basic need requirement like uh, JJ is talking about physical activity. That's one of our basic need requirements as people. Pretty much any goal that you're trying to achieve, brainstorming about it first and then coming up with strategies and then and putting it into a SMART goal will really help you out. And then if you mm-hmm. find yourself at the end of that one week period saying like, man, I really just I didn't do those things, then we have to look back and say, OK, what was it? Were the activities that I picked not actually really fun? They didn't sound like fun to do them at the time? Or was the time limit too much? Is one day a week doable? And maybe I scale it back to that. And if you accomplish it really easily, then the next week you might turn the dial up a little and add a third day. Or you might say, you know what? Two days was about right. I'm going to keep it there, but I'm going to switch up my activities and branch out a little. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? I like it. I think it's totally doable and it it does not seem, I I definitely have been the type of person that's like, okay, I need to start exercising. So I'm going to do something every day of the week and I'm going to try to do it for half an hour and it lasts all of a day. And then I'm like, well, sure. Fuck this. Do you know how much time half an hour is? It's a lot of fucking time. Like if you take Mm -hmm. your day, you subtract your working hours, your time for meals, your time for meal prep, your time for sleeping. At the end of the day, you have very little time remaining, right? Mm -hmm. 30 minutes is a big ask. And so it might not be that you want to start there. And that's completely fine. Completely fine. If I can work up to it, then even better. But you got to start somewhere. How did that experience of creating the list of brainstorming items go for you? Um, It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I came up with the majority of them without a whole lot of issues. It was just sitting and thinking, like, what are some things that, you know, either I've always wanted to do or I've done in the past that I've liked? And what are some things that maybe other people have suggested? And I kind of came up with it from there. Yeah. And also I thought of things that maybe I could do with my husband because I know he's wanting to do some. He's got similar goals in wanting to exercise more. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to think of things, too, that I know he would like, which... I mean, we share a brain, so we have a lot of similarities when it comes to what we would like to do Mm -hmm. for fines. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my goal. In reflecting on all the stuff that we've gone over so far, I think that you did a really, really good job. And I think that as you continue to hone the skill of brainstorming, it's going to become easier to set that judgment aside while you're making the list. 
Because even when you started to read the list off here, you would like say the thing and then all the reasons why you weren't sure if it was the right thing to do. Uh-huh. And I could I could just hear in your voice that this was the process your brain went through when you were making the list. So, like, mm-hmm. um, so I think working on turning that voice off a little bit and saying, look, motherfucker, I'm just going to write this the shit down. You can <laughs> yeah, you can sit in your corner and wait, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I think that it, that, that part is going to get a lot easier as you go. I hope so. I think it will. <laughs> well, tell me about some of the things on your list that I was like, what the fuck is that? Like geocaching? What the heck is that? I'm surprised you hadn't heard of that one. So you probably have. You just didn't know that that's the term okay. for it. But And I don't know exactly. I think you go on websites or whatever there's sites for it. Yeah. And you can get coordinates and you have to go to the coordinates. And a lot of times you have to drive for part of it and then you have to walk the rest of the way mm-hmm. till you find exactly what it is. And someone has hidden a little treasure for you. It could be like a painted rock. It could be a random toy. It could be something they handmade. It could be something just, and it's usually nothing that's of really any value, but it's just really fun. And then you're supposed to leave something behind so another person can go and find it. Oh. And then you're supposed to like, you can create your own, but it's just, I don't know. It's always sounded like something that would be fun to do. So what you're talking about is like modern day treasure hunting. Kind of, yeah. Or like a scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. Do you know Except what I love of more than anything? Scavenger hunts. <laughs> I used to make them. Oh my God. I love Whenever them so I had Halloween parties, <laughs> I would make them for like, and mine always had, they were more like activity based. Mm-hmm. So you had to like, um, one of mine was you had to pose like the breakfast club picture mm-hmm. the for the movie yeah. and take a picture or use your bodies to spell something out or I don't know. I had so much fun coming up with that uh scavenger hunt. When hopefully the people <laughs> that were there had fun doing it. When um when my dad was alive, my dad was a dentist and we he always had this like crazy office holiday party. Okay. And mm-hmm. at least one of the times we did a scavenger hunt like an adult scavenger hunt, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, no kids. But it was like, um, you know, two teams and um, the office manager had written up these, like, uh, elaborate clues, you know, that you would mm-hmm. read off. It'd be like a whole paragraph of riddles, and you would have to figure out what place in town that was related to. Go there, mm-hmm. find the envelope with the next clue, and then, like, the first group to reach the end got like a bonus like a check you know like and uh that was fun as hell <laughs> like that. that does sound like a that's good like time. That. uh yeah <laughs> i like it you know how i'm obsessed with parks and recreation the tv show mm-hmm. there's a mm-hmm. whole valentine's day episode of that show dedicated to scavenger hunts and i love it it's like this mm-hmm. is what i want in my life well we'll have to look into that maybe you and carl might have fun geocaching too. <laughs> maybe what was the other thing that I was like, what the fuck? Was, uh, like, was it the catch and kick? Yeah, what is that? I mean, it's just simple. You get a ball, you kick it, the other person catches it. And oh, it's, like a dodgeball type ball or like a kickball um, ball? Not quite that violent, but mm. similar. <laughs> Disappointing. <laughs> well, I don't think men would participate in that if I was trying to hit him. But that type of ball, like physical ball. Like a red yeah. rubber yeah. ball. Okay. You can you can throw a softball around. 
yeah, that was, you know, there was a, some piggyback, as you call it. I was just thinking of that, and I'm like, ah, I don't have a glove anymore. Oh, yeah. oh you don't? Oh, I have a glove, no. girl. Mm. I had one that I had for years. We but... should go. We should go play. We should go throw softball. I have a glove mm-hmm. and a softball. You are nine dollars away from being able for us to go play catch. I played catcher a lot, and uh, the worst was. I played for a church league and we didn't have any protective equipment. Oh. And I had fuck? braces. So I got hit the face You're twice you had with the ball. Tooth braces on. Yes. Like, like dental braces. And both times my braces went through my bottom lip. Damn. So I have a healthy fear of balls flying at my face. Ha ha ha. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, like it. <laughs> well, that sounds yeah. dangerous. Was it fast pitch or slow pitch? Slow pitch. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, I just sucked at catching. I got you. Okay, well, we will not play burnout. Uh, one time, my brother and I were playing burnout in the yard, and I missed, and it hit me in the head, like right in the forehead. Ouch. And I had uh-huh. the stitches imprinted on my forehead. Ooh. I had to go to the uh. emergency room. <laughs> I had a concussion. Uh-huh. I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, it was like we were burning it in there. Like, you know, <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. So we will not do that. We will literally play light catch. I used to hate it when people invited me to go to baseball games. Mm-hmm. Or softball games, because inevitably the ball was going to come flying over the fence. And I'm always like petrified it was going to hit me in the head. Oh. Like I, I, I would like sit there the whole time. And that would be the only thing I would worry about is getting hit in the head with the ball. I'm just going to go to Academy Sports and get you like a catcher's mask and you'll be all set. <laughs> Maybe we'll get you an umpire full chest body. plate too. You'll be all right. <laughs> a full body bubble. <laughs> For our little tiny game catch. I got a football. I got a soccer ball. All time stuff. JJ, we should just go out to the park. It'd be a good time. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that counts as our good thing. Yep. <laughs> I think it does. All right. Well, that made it easy. <laughs> if you have stories, questions, concerns, or anything else you'd like for us to read, uh, if you want us to read your brainstorming list or anything else mm-hmm. like that, you can send it to introvetspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, and it's at Introvets. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help. Yes, please. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.